Eight. Any last words? Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Welcome, everybody, to Chuck and Lou and... Pete is back with us tonight. Hi you guys. know, the fans, the fans love you, Pete. You know what? It's been a humbling experience for me. I've I've had so many people reach out to me. Man, and my say, DMs man, are re- full with Pete. We really enjoy you on the podcast. Man, this is great for our four <laughs> listeners out there. Um, we're glad to have Pete back. And obviously, we have Iggy in the background now. We got him in the house again tonight. Iggy, how's it going? Hey, pretty good. What's up, Iggs? And tonight we have, along with, of course, Lou. Lou, how's it going? Going good. And we have Mr. Greg Gibson from currently over at St. Charles High School. Greg, how's it going? It's going well. I appreciate you having me. Are you okay with me calling you Gibby throughout the, the Absol- podcast Absolutely. Here? All right. Absolutely. If I call you anything else, I apologize. <laughs> I've been called worse. I, I, I can only imagine. So this program, you know what tonight is, Iggy, everybody, right this is the year anniversary, almost or sort of-ish, of the podcast, Chuck and Lou. And I kind of, you know, I woke up this morning. I, tonight I had the podcast and I thought to myself, <laughs> holy cow, we made it one year in this business. And they always told me, if a bar can make it one year, you've done it. And I, I, I kind of put myself up there with the Uncle Joes and the Trailheads and, you know, the Tubby's Public Drugs um, of the podcast world, you know? So um, thanks for, and, you know, the year anniversary, you guys are all here with us. And, and Chuck, both, uh, I know Chuck, myself, and Lou, we want to thank you guys for being here. And want to thank Iggy again for all he's done. He's really added a lot to the program. So we're going to get after it tonight. We're going to imagine where we started. I imagine where we started. We were sitting over there at that table, and I thought my computer might have recorded it. I pressed play, <laughs> and we were done. And I'm like, I think we did it. Yeah. <laughs> so we've come a long way. Um, we're on Netflix now. We're on Facebook. No, I'm just joking. Um, we're on, on none of that. Streaming on Facebook Live right now. Oh, no, because we talked about that. And, and that, that's something we could we could probably get into. Do the Stephen A. Smith route. Yeah, but then I'd need a makeup crew and all that stuff. And I don't, I don't know if I have... Did you say Stephen A. Smith? He does his own show on ESPN. He makes $4 million News. a year doing this. Yeah. Hey, it's great about a little bit like this. Take a little past and, guests and that they had ahead. Might not have been Makes extra money right? when somebody Craig calls him. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Gibby, as we're going to call you tonight, Greg Gibson is here. And I would like to like, we start um, the show. Um, tonight's show is sponsored by your painting company. All right. Um, Gibbon Sons. I know, uh, Pete, have you done any work for him in the, in the I, past? I, over the uh, past couple years, I've... Uh, Painted for him. Handled, handled a few baseboards every once in a while. Uh, you know, he has me up on a ladder mostly. And <laughs> yes. We like to use his can, height. Can yeah. you fall down? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but hey, Gibby, before we get into the show about yeah. your teaching career at St. Charles and everything, you know, coaching at St. Charles West even and doing all those things, um, tell us, the folks out there who maybe the this, this show is sponsored by your company tonight, the painting company, let us know what you do and maybe a phone number they could, they could reach you at. Absolutely. First question is... Do I owe you anything for this? Um, I have three bedrooms upstairs. Okay. Uh, my okay. wife will text you tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yes, I uh, have a side a company, Gibbons Sun Painting. Uh, we do interior, exterior, decks, fences, kitchen cabinets, anything that can be painted, we... We'll give it a go. So, uh, <laughs> how how many people do you employ, or is it just kind of friends I've of yours? Yeah. Well, you know, it started. Uh, you know, try to make this short, but uh, myself and two of my buddies in high school. We started when we were freshmen in high school. One of the uh-huh. teachers at West hired us, so we did it all through high school. Started our own company in college, and then being a teacher and coach did a lot in the summer times. But when my son came home from college four years ago and asked me to, you know, help him help right. him paint, and so we started. And before you knew it, I'd hired 
coach over here, and we had a had a crew of eight, and we've been going year round for the last four years. You got a nice pair of paint overalls. I don't have the overalls. I got a couple pairs of shorts and some some paint. Lou, have you ever painted anything? I think I probably painted something in art class. In art class, yeah. Nice. So let's go ahead and now we'll move on. Like I said, give us your give us your number. Oh, 636-485-5435. Nice. Call Gibbon Son and get anything your son may need. Paint rooms, baseboards. Don't forget about the power wash. So, yes, power wash. Um, we're going to go ahead now and we're going to get into our show. And, and Greg, go ahead and give us your background in the St. Charles School District. We try to pride ourselves with, you know, having guests that are from the area, whether they're sports related or, or St. Charles related. But tonight we're having a little bit of both of sports coaching and St. Charles uh, School District teaching. Tell us about your career in the 31 years in St. Charles. 30 one and final year, yes. Um, yeah, I started 31 Whoa, years ago. About last oh, year? This is it. Man, year anniversary, year 31 year anniversary. You oh, know, well. when I when I got the call from you, you know, I thought back to some famous anniversary shows, you know, like Johnny Carson and Jay Leno and David Letterman and Oprah you know, I'm I'm hoping that this that this year anniversary lives up to it. So congratulations. All right. So tell us about your your, your career in the St. Charles School. Sure. Uh, yeah, St. Charles West graduate. Nice. Uh, graduated from Southeast Missouri. Uh, came Red back Hall. looking right. for looking for a job. No, I was an Indian actually, but right. um, sorry. Uh, came back, coached all, and reached out to me and said they had a football opening and didn't have didn't have a full time teaching position, but started coaching football there. So. Did English as a second language for two years, and then uh, the next two years after that, did in-school suspension at St. Charles High School, but was coaching football and basketball and baseball at St. Charles West. Uh, did that through 1996, uh-huh. but was teaching at St. Charles High School, um, and was told that when the boys' basketball job opened up over there, that they wanted me to take it over. So that day came in 1996, and... Not that I wasn't ready for it, but I really enjoyed coaching at St. Charles West. I enjoyed uh-huh. being over there. And uh, so, you know, a few a few interviews and a few weeks later, kind of went back and forth, and they decided to bring back Coach Gary Wacker. And I was perfectly fine, you know, coaching the girls at St. Charles West. And Yeah, I, I mean, your qualifications were probably perfect. I mean, Coach Wacker was probably, you know, the lamest coach. I'm just totally thinking one of the best <laughs> of, of all time. Yeah. So, and then that took you over to, eventually, St. Charles High as a teacher. It was and, funny because uh, uh, I'll never forget, our, our son had been born. Coach Hollander and Brenda came over to see Cole, and, and Terry pulled me aside and said, you know, if you ever, if you, if you really think you want to coach boys basketball, Gary Wacker would be a phenomenal person to work under. Uh-huh. And so Coach Coach Wacker ended up moving the street over from where I lived. And he and Janie came over and stopped by the house. And uh, it was just a, just an instant relationship, uh, you know, uh, just a true class act gentleman. Well, and let me stop you right there, as I do in the, in the show a lot, to, to talk about things that just come to my head. So you have had the opportunity to coach under Gary Wacker, Steve Stahl, Terry Hollander, You've been able to coach with guys like mm-hmm. Charlie Meeker, mm-hmm. um, Rick Foster. Yep. I mean, you could probably sit around this day as here at this table and tell stories, but those guys, I mean, those men in your life had to make you pretty much who you are today. Absolutely. And you played for some of them, like Absolutely. Coach Hollander yep. as well. So you yep. are, I mean, after that experience of all those experiences, um, you've been at both schools. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about both schools and how, in my opinion, I think the relationship between both schools is actually better.
better than I think most of St. Charles might think it is as far as rivals. Sure. Can you tell me about being in both both atmospheres a little bit? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of that changed when, you know, they went to one middle school, one, one seventh, I agree. seventh, eighth grade center. So all of our students in the district have been going to school together. So they're close. Right. You know, you weren't separated. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I know when I was in high school and first started coaching, you know, those rivalries were pretty heated. Not that they're not heated now, right. but um, there's just a lot of respect. Uh, you know, on on both sides, um, kids are kids. Doesn't matter, you know, where you are. And uh, well, I think bringing that middle school together in the seventh and eighth was a good thing. I think for I those kids to sure. gain those relationships. Sure. Um, and and I think you guys kind of see it with just the sportsmanship. I mean, mm-hmm. you go to school with somebody for two years, you're going to treat them with respect. You should always treat everyone with respect. But you have two years. Pretty, two pretty darn important years. What do you think about that, Pete? As far as the schools joining in seventh and eighth grade, there. I think that came along at the right time for our district. Uh, our enrollment was dropping a little bit, and um, bringing those two schools together, I think, uh, really benefited the the school district. And it, you know, the kids built a lot of re- new friendships and new relationships. Otherwise, they wouldn't have. And let's go ahead now. You are in your career at St. Charles. This is your last year, and you were also the head golf coach. When oh, did thanks for not asking me about Harden. Oh, I forgot we went to Harden. What was your experience like? Only positives now. Yeah, okay, well, then I have no comment. You mean it's the middle school years of your life. It's just probably one of those most awkward two years of your middle life. We've all hard. been there. you got zits all over the place. <laughs> I don't know what girl you like. You don't even know if you can go home and talk to your parents because you probably said something you shouldn't have. It's just the most awkward stage of your life, and, and <laughs> Lou, I totally understand. So, Gibby, you're now the golf coach. How long have you been the golf coach? This is At St. year number 20. Year 20. Year 20. Okay, yes. and I'm just going to ask you some golf questions real quick. Okay. Um, do you think that golf has become a more popular sport? I already know it's become more popular in the real world, but what do you think in high school sports about golf? And is it hard to compete with track and baseball? You know, it's, um, yeah. <laughs> We've had anywhere from, first of all, I've never, ever cut a player from, from the golf team. We've, right. we've had anywhere from 18 on a team to nine or ten but um you know unfortunately there just aren't many golf courses in st charles right. it's uh, hard st. to charles do county. in st charles yes. especially that time of year yeah. in school yeah. you know you got the baseball team who can't get outside for 21 days you exactly. guys are grinding well, at the golf range yeah. pete's <laughs> over here he can't even go outside and start his car <laughs> lou's trying to hide his clubs because he doesn't want to go play when it's 28 degrees the weather has a huge thing to do with right that. right iggy doesn't even play golf he's just wondering how to putt <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a tough season, I guess. It's tough sure. in Missouri. Yeah. But yeah, it's... Lou, what do you got? What, I mean, what do you think, Lou, as far as the high school golf season? Is it more the the weather that kind of turns you off at times? Or do you think the competition over your couple, two or three years has gotten better? Do you think the GAC North has gotten better? What are your thoughts? Well, I think the GAC North last year was about as competitive as it got and gets in golf because you only, you're really only going to have three schools that are going to compete at one right. time in that conference. I mean, Orchard Farm and Winfield, realistically, they're just not going to compete. You got Orchard Farm taking their home course, isn't it? Out in, like, is it Eagle Springs? Eagle Springs, yeah. I mean, they got to drive 25 minutes. Great little high school course. Um, But I've seen in the last couple of years just the competitive nature of your squad. I know you guys have had some success the last couple of years. Coach, could you tell me maybe one or two kids who have kind of not carried your program, but have been, I know you've had a lot of really good ones the last, you know, two to four years. You know, I was. was, So my first few years, I started off, I had a really, really good team. Had, Uh had, uh, 
you know, Brandon Mallinckrodt, Jim Lawing, Joe Middleton, Tyler Champagne, Matt Wooten, um, but all members I think of I you know Tyler, not Trent. <laughs> all members, all members of a country club, right? Um, you know, and then we had a lot of lean years. You know, we just didn't have a lot of kids. We get a lot of kids at St. Charles High School that come in that have never played golf, right? So we're kind of behind the eight ball there. So we have blessed. to teach them how to play golf. We have to help them get clubs. Get collared well, shirts. Be scary about the clubs, the rules. Absolutely, I mean, the rules are scary in itself. Absolutely, you know, Pete. What, do you follow the rules when you play golf, or you hit as many balls as you <laughs> I, want? I use the foot wedge quite <laughs> quite a bit. The foot wedge. I, I like yeah. the foot wedge. Get it? You know, I always say I got a club length. I don't care where I'm at. Yeah, but I got a club length. Um, but I know you, you Eberts. You know, you're, 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 you tend to do some kind of crazy things. I saw your brother oh, yesterday God. with his dog on a mat on like a football. He was like yeah, working he on his was, blocking he, skills, and he and he actually put <laughs> Coach Saban. He like added Coach. Saban. I'm like, what? Is I have no idea. Do you guys just I, go to the park with your dogs? Well, and like that was actually dogs? that was actually the practice field up at St. Charles High. <laughs> we live a couple blocks away, <laughs> that, so slow motion, slow motion too. Love it. He goes, um, watch this. I go, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. So Lou, let's go ahead and get this started off with a couple questions for Gibby. All right, so. Uh, what was it like being on the coaching staff with Coach Hollander during the mid-90s, especially the year they won State in 95? Oh, it was, you know, if it weren't for him, <laughs> I'm not sure I would have ever even really gotten into coaching basketball. You know, uh, Coach Stahl was the athletic director um, back then, and uh, he came to me and said, hey, we have a JV girls basketball coaching opening. And to be real honest with you, Exciting. I was like, girls basketball, I don't know if I can do this. And, uh, and it's so crazy the tables have turned now. That's what you do. Exactly. You know, a little bit of. And I, I won't mention any names, but there was a said coach that wandered in down to the gym the first week that I was ever doing this. And he came over and he looked at me and he goes, you ain't never going to win coaching girls. Ah, and that was all the motivation wow. I needed. Right. And uh, But, yeah, having Coach Hollander there to watch how he did things, yeah. you know, to play for him and to watch how he ran his practices. And, uh, and, and to be real honest with you, I just, I just tried to emulate what he did with the girls and am I wrong the fact that I think emulating his practices is probably the biggest thing when you come down to coaching because that's every day his practices I don't know how they were maybe when you were there but I have a feeling they haven't changed a whole lot very detailed written practice plan um very organized a written plan or you don't have organization (laughs) you're not doing your job I don't care if the kid is 10 12 or 4 if you're coaching the CYC team you got to have a plan that was one thing I always admired about coach was every day if he got his butt kicked the night before he had a plan the next day now some of the things on that butt kick list we might talk a little bit later about some of your squads and my squads about what he did to (laughs) on those practices or maybe some things that we talked about but let's go ahead and move to the next one down here we talked a little bit about the golf let's move to the next one all right so in in high school I've heard this story from a couple of people. We hear that you witnessed uh, a school basketball record at St. Charles West. It still stands today. The uh, single game record for most points. Tell us about that. Yep, it was uh, it was a game by uh, Todd Hawkins, and not many of our listeners probably have any idea who Todd Hawkins is. Oh, he was. He Tell was, us a little bit about Todd. He scored how many points? Forty. Forty-two, I believe. Forty-two that is, is the that single still game. Is the yeah. single game. And that He's was had a couple thirty-nines, forties. Sure, and but, that was without the three-point line. And without the three-point line. And, and I'm telling you that probably seven, eight, nine of his shots that game were well beyond the three-point range. So that record could be, it could have been 49, 50, or 50 or whatever. But right. yeah, um, you know, like I told you earlier, there were many times where he was actually called for shooting from out of bounds. He was that okay. far out. So. so let's talk a little bit, because there's a lot of St. Charles West and St. Charles High people who listen to this. Can you just tell me about 
Mr. Hawkins and his career. I mean, it goes from this basketball stud, and I think you ended up telling me he ended up being in somehow an All-American catcher at Baylor. Yeah. Can you oh. just give me a little? Because I don't think many people know this story, how good of an athlete he was. Sure. He was an incredible athlete, um, <laughs> incredible basketball player, incredible baseball player, just whatever he did. He was just a good athlete. Um, but, yeah, he uh, he went down to Baylor. Uh, he played shortstop in high school and got down there and, and found out that uh, that the guy in front of him was an All-American shortstop. You know what? I did not have that problem at SLU. There was no All-Americans <laughs> in front of me. There was all academic. You were going to be the first. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us more about He's at shortstop at Baylor, which those sure. baseball players, Baylor's a, a great place to sure. play. He's Beautiful. got All-American ahead of him. And then what happens next? Uh, down there a couple weeks, can see the writing on the wall, probably not going to play. Most and, kids would have left. Yeah, yeah. Um, but their starting catcher, maybe even their backup catcher got hurt. So the coach goes to starts walking around asking guys, hey, anybody have any catching background? And Todd raises his hand. From what I remember, had never caught an inning in his life. Right. But just knew, hey, here's an opportunity. I'll do whatever I need to do to... And end up being an All-American catcher. And I hope Butler. there's some listeners that are kids out there that are listening to this as well. You have a kid that decided to do what the coach told him to do or raise his hand and say, I'll try this. Sure. And ended up having success at one of the greatest universities. Yeah. I know, Pete, you know, when we have – you're coaching softball now and you coach basketball at St. Charles High. You do it all. Um, and it's frustrating when you ask kids to maybe do something just a tad different and they don't want to do it for the better of the team. Absolutely. And even this year, you know, on my, my JV team, we only have 10 girls. And a lot of them are playing out of position. It's right. a new role for them. And so trying to convince them what's best for our team right now is what's important. You know, we're not trying to downsize the fact of, you know, developing their skill and trying to move them forward towards a varsity level. But yeah, it's just you, if you want to get on the field or the court, do some different things. It's just <laughs> like in life with Lou here, you know, being a manager or being in charge of the Warrior Vision or doing volleyball games at home. Sometimes you got to do jobs you don't want to do. Sure. Just That's to, life. Just That's, to get into get yeah, into the yeah. real world. That's what I, how I got my teaching career started. I I graduated college and uh, I just the first day of school right after uh, that right after graduation, the attendance secretary at St. Charles High never showed up to work. So I was like, well, I'll just fill in for a day. <laughs> right. And then it turned into a week. Attendance secretary, no work. Yeah, she didn't show up. <laughs> I'm not here. Who's gonna mark it down? <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she she never showed up, and then I ended up just doing that for a year, and then I ended up getting a teaching job that following year. And one of the principals there pulled me aside and said, "What you did here didn't go unnoticed, and right. that's why we hired you." Do what you, you got to do. You do what you got to do, and you look at the little things. So yep. let's go ahead and move into some. Sometimes it takes the you got to take the side route to get back to the main road. Sometimes you got to take it. the side route. I thought that was great. Love that. That's good. Who'd you get that from? That's going up in lots of really good. Is he telling that? He's going. I don't know. We got it somewhere. I, I love it. I love it. That's great, Lou. Hold Put that it on close my wall to your out here in the shrine that I have. Paint that in Christmas. So, Gibby, tell us about some stories now. You know, we got some stories about some local um, sports stories that are good, but people that many of us know who listen. But tell us about the story about when you coached. Uh, you were on the JV football staff, I, I think, with yes. Paul Boschert. Yep. And I believe you were getting your asses kicked by... Is it Pattonville? And what happened at the end of the? What was the score at the end of the okay. game? Okay, well, so we're playing Pattonville, and we had really good football teams, and we right. we had really good JV, or I should say sophomores. Back then, it was sophomores. We didn't, right. we just played sophomores. The coach but that brings the juniors. There you go. Mm-hmm. So we're playing Pattonville, and uh, it's a, it's a pretty even game in the first quarter, and off to the right, we notice a bus pull up, 
And off this bus gets about, get, you know, 15 different guys get off the bus and their uniforms and their helmets are different than the other guys that are playing. Right. And away. so we know that, yeah, yeah we it's knew like that the basketball that was, game with four different jerseys. Yes, it's like, a problem. So <laughs> uh, we punt and this guy catches it and he runs it back 80 yards for a touchdown. So they kick off to us, hold us, we punt, and this guy runs it back again. So he touched it four times and scored four touchdowns. And so, next thing you know, it's. 50-0? It's, it's out of hand, yeah. Okay. We're, we're down 50. So, now, again, this was before the days of, you know, turf. We right. had the dirt, and then so at St. Charles West, you they were... Call, Gibby, you can't blame a loss on dirt. Well, no, no. Okay. But there was a crown on the field. Yeah, so see you the guy remember, the yes. Right. So you could stand on one side of the field, and literally, you could only see the other side from their waist maybe up. Maybe belly up. Belly up. Yep. Nothing, because that's how much crown. So, we end up... Or I'm sorry, they punted and uh, we fumbled it. And there's maybe seconds left in the game. And their coach, who is their varsity coach, calls a timeout. They're going to try to punch one more in, already up 50 points. Spread's 51 and a half. I guess so. Uh-huh. Had to cover the spread. So Paul Bosher <laughs> right. leaves, leaves us and runs down to about the 50-yard line where he's by himself and proceeds to scream across the field and let this coach know his displeasure. Right. I won't say what he said. Right. But <laughs> I mean, anyway. it wasn't I meet you after oh, the game for a cocktail. He's <laughs> he's ready. He's ready to get after it after the game. So Coach Odell, he he says, guys, I've got this. And Paul's like, oh, no, no, no. He's in front. He's just marching. Can you imagine arms. a race today between Odell and Bosch? Who wins? Bosch by at least three yards. It's close. <laughs> okay. It's close. It's close. <laughs> So as we get to the crown of the field, as we get closer, this coach gets bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. And all of a sudden, Paul, who was at first in line, now drops to second. Right. Well, as we meet him, I turn around, and now he's now behind me. And Coach Stahl can see what's going on, and he hustles down from the press box. And so Coach Odell reaches out and shakes the coach's hand, and he says, Coach, you know, you have a great team, but that was pretty classless. Right. Well, this said coach from Pattonville says, well, I'll tell you what's classless is your coach calling me the... And Coach Stahl immediately looks over, and Paul is nowhere to be found. <laughs> and so, so again, this was back in the days before cell phones. Yes. So that night at midnight, Coach Odell decides he's going to call Paul at home. Oh, nice. Again, there's no cell phones. There's no caller ID. So Paul answers the phone at midnight, and Coach Odell says it in the phone, Hey, I remember you now. <laughs> Paul had told us that that coach was a former professional football player for the Detroit Lions who Paul had played softball with, so the guy knows him, <laughs> oh, but didn't recognize him that night. So Paul was very thankful. So Paul's on the other end of the line. Hey, Don, how you doing? Oh, it's great to see you tonight. You know, just totally just, you know. So, of course, the next day, Odell comes into school and tells the story. And You guys yeah. like to pull pranks. I'm not even going to go to the trench coat story. <laughs> Golly. Okay. Oh, that's a great other. story. So we're, we're not going to tell some obvious Coach Hollander stories. We've all had these stories that we've told. And your junior year, you guys were terrible. And the, I think you, go, you went to games in, like, a van. Yeah. Um, yeah. And tell us about the game that, you know, Coach is trying everything he can. He's begging for fouls. And give us the Coach Allender story of your junior year. What was it, 83, 84-ish? 82, 83 82, was my junior year, yeah. yeah. Um, and just give us the story of that 11 and probably 17 year where sure. he had, had enough. Well, you know, he first of all, he had to drive the van. He had, you know, like the a 15-passenger yeah, white school, van. School district had him drive the van. No. Okay. 
No. So they were, you know, I don't know if that was part of his coaching stipend that he had to drive the van, but sure it was. Um, you know, there's just no, there's just no downtime. You know, right. so he's, you know, he's driving the van, he's trying to, you know, think about the game, and so we get out to Troy, and unfortunately we were playing in that dreaded seventh place game. It's three thirty probably. Yes, yeah, so we we arrive at Winsfield Hold. School is still going on. We get dressed. I don't even. I think it was a classroom because they were still having pee in the locker rooms. And right. So we we come out and we're standing in the doorway. I bet you they we're vaping in the locker rooms. Oh, oh. Geez, we had a problem at school that we've got to stop. <laughs> yeah. We have got to stop. Yeah. We had our problems, but it wasn't that. No. Um, yeah. But we're standing at the doorway, waiting to warm up, watching the last block pee class play ping pong. And there's uh, nothing like going to a game and watching school that's kind of still in session oh. because you know you're playing in the worst game. And it's probably a Friday. Was yeah. it Friday? The sun is shining through the windows. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not supposed to be playing basketball with the sun shining through the windows. So, well, so Coach Alder comes out. He's already upset. We're playing the seventh place game. And he hears the horn sound and he get going. Let's go. Let's go. We have to warm up. We are running around. The students as they're putting away the ping pong tables, and that was that was about uh, well at that moment I thought about as low as it would go, but right. we proceed to play and we're not playing well, and coach court coach is trying to beg every call he can get. So at one point in the game, he 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 wanted to charge, and, and coach used to always put that hand behind his head, very animated, yeah, very, very animated. Well, this particular time he slapped himself so hard in the back of the head that his glasses fly off, and he didn't miss a beat. I mean, it wasn't like he right. like leaned down. I mean. One of my buddies, Doug Point, actually, he reached over, grabs the glasses, Doug, holds on him. to him, yeah. grab him. Minutes later, he he thought, you know, he thought something else happened, and he hits his wrist, you know, just get it coming, hits on. the wrist. Well, the watch shatters. <laughs> and so three of us are down our hands and knees, picking up all the pieces of the watch, holding it in our hands until the game is over. Doesn't even know his watch is broken. I don't know if Brenda gave it to him or not. Right. But um, So after the game was over, we went up and presented him his, his broken watch. So, um, yeah, those are two. <laughs> To, to not so I fine just can't moments. I imagine so. coaching a team that's very average to below average. You're driving them everywhere. You got two kids sitting shotgun, and you and Dougie probably sitting up there because you said the captains had to sit in the front. Yeah, our senior year was really long because yeah, the captain sat in the front, and you know, <laughs> coach is having a hard time seeing over the steering wheel. There's 15 guys in the car. The windows are fogged up. You're you know scr- you know trying to and just it's horrible. Yeah. So he deserved all the success for what he had to put up with for those two years. Gibby. I've heard the story from you a couple times, and I just want you to tell our listeners about Tom Booker. Um, he was a year, I believe, after you in high school. Oh, no. And uh, what he did on the bench <laughs> one game, and what was your, your teammate's reaction, and what was Coach Hollander's reaction? Can I ask real quick, what was Book's role on this team? Was he a starter? Clown. Clown. Okay, clown. so now get, get, to, the, get yeah. to the clown. Yeah, you know. You can, it's, it's a long season anyway. And this would be like Ben Tubbin on my team. Okay. Do this. All right. So Tom was, yeah, the precursor to Ben Tubbin. Right. So, yeah, Tom Tom, Tom tells everybody, you know, that that he knows, hey, I'm going to order a pizza from Domino's. I think it was a pizza or something during the game. No, you're not. No, you're not. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> no cell phones. No cell phones. So at halftime, I guess he gets up and goes to that pay phone. You, you know the pay <laughs> phone at St. Charles West over there by the water fountains. And yeah. I guess he orders a pizza. So the second half starts, and here comes a pizza man down the steps. Marshall Landing. You can see, yes. see a guy coming down the oh. steps. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, everybody that knows, everybody knows that this is coming, and you can, you know, the buzz. Oh, you think the kids, like some of the kids in the student section, you think they knew? Oh, he told everybody that this was going to happen. <laughs> everybody take it. And so a good, a good plan or a good thought all of a sudden, when it came down to it, wasn't so funny because 
coach see he kind of looks over and sees it and the guy is literally holding the pizza standing at the end of the bench wanting to be paid and nobody wants to acknowledge him was vicky the trainer then <laughs> no, she probably, nowadays she would have covered it. She would have. I got you, Tom. I got you. No, Seifert's down there paying the pizza. <laughs> oh, so you know, I mean, it's you know, it's you know, everybody thinks St. Charles most basketball has been like, whoa, really well, cares? like I said, you know, those were those, those were, were the, the lean years. You oh, know, that, that that made Coach Hollander the coach he is today. It motivated him to to go out and recruit a little bit better athletes. So. Oh goodness. I- just hope Colton Hartman doesn't order a pizza this year on the bench. <laughs> I'll take his phone. That's right. case. Oh, this year we, yeah, cell phones on the bench. That could be, could be crazy. <laughs> What's so, funny though is we coached. I, I've coached all three of his daughters now <laughs> at St. Charles High, and they are far better basketball players than their dad. So we don't have to worry about that. But yeah, oh, it's come some, full circle. Those are some great stories. We're gonna go ahead now and move into the part of the show where we just kind of, you know, talk about random things. I'm just gonna say it. Cardinals, they up right now, two to one. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on the Cardinals, Lou? You were um, there yesterday, right? Yeah, I was. Two up. What's going to happen here the next two weeks? Um, if they sweep the Nationals, I'll feel comfortable going in the Well, Wrigley. they have to. I mean, sweeping the Nationals is going to be a tall task. They're going to win two out of three, and okay. it'll still make me feel uncomfortable. I mean, because I, per- I don't like the Cardinals going to Wrigley. I personally don't like the Cardinals going to Wrigley. I think... If anyone's going to win the Central, you might think I'm crazy. I think it's the Brewers because if you look at their schedule, um, their have schedule. Have you seen the Cubs schedule? I have, but it's very simple. they got to play the Cardinals a bunch of times. Okay, they got to play the Reds and the Pirates. Do you want to no. wrestle over this? Because the Brewers, at the same time, have the easiest schedule. I believe they have the Pirates. Um, they have the Rockies. I think they... I think Is they play it in Colorado or Milwaukee? Uh, Colorado. Okay, yeah. uh, at the Reds, they play Incarnate Word a couple times. <laughs> um, I just think if anyone, you know, minus Yelich and everything, but Pete, what do you think? I think it's just it's going to come down to the final weekend. Like, I think everyone thought it would. And uh, I think it's just going to fall back on, you know, the starting staff. And Here's what I want. I want that Sunday against Chicago, the last game of the year. Tip time is two fifteen on Sunday. Okay, <laughs> I do not want that to happen. I do. Well, you know, I, well, you're not twenty one. <laughs> well, I'll be, I'll be sitting in a church basement that day. Well, you know what? Enough cell service. Sometimes you gotta unlock the door and get out and watch the birds. But you know, that, I think it's gonna come down to that weekend. You know? Yeah, coach. What do you think? You know, losing to the Rockies those two games those two last games week that hurt. was that that hurt, and then. Of course, yesterday that was a real yeah. That one hurt too. You know, so. what I think as a as an athlete in the past, and as a coach, I do kind of think that the Brewers have some motivation because hey, we're playing without our best player. The Cubs, little motivation. We're playing without two of our best players. Rizzo yeah, went, down went down for another week yeah. today. We got the yep. shortstop gone, and the Cardinals are sitting there going, "Hey." I think Pedro Martinez had an asthma attack, but I also think he might have been out late and couldn't play yesterday. I don't know, but they don't have any worries. And I think some of those teams are playing carefree. Yeah. If you're the Brewers, you would think you would end the year saying, we didn't have our best player. Right. You know, you have those excuses that everyone says you don't have. But I think that might end up being a little motivator for them to say that they came back and beat the Cardinals mm-hmm. without their best team. No, I, I agree. And I think what's going to be crucial for the Cardinals is guys like Goldschmidt and Fowler and Molina and all these guys offensively and Wong even. It better not to, come down to a selfish reason either. Go ahead. And I'll talk about that. No, you're good. Uh, it's it's up to these guys to, you know, hit to their potential. And I think if they do that, they'll be okay. The the third spot in the rotation is still kind of a 
worrisome thing yes. for me. I, it just depends on how the, the the rotation lines up for these games because you can't throw a walk out there anymore, I don't think. No, you can um, maybe just... A couple innings. Maybe. Maybe two innings. Here and there, but yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's one of those things, too, where I hope that those guys you mentioned, the Fowler, who I think has had a year that oh. he wasn't expecting to have yeah, and he's yeah, had yeah. i think um goldschmidt's now with 30 home runs ozuna's yeah. kind of selling he's going to get his money um where's where's the wong has, has yeah. exceeded expectations i think i just hope those guys aren't okay with being done with the year i hope it becomes a cardinal thing where someone mm. says we win playoff games we don't yeah. have good years to then make money down the road yeah. that's my worry is where's the motivation going to come from those guys who can end the year go to Punta Cante, hang out for two months and be like, I had a good year. So I hope it's not a personal thing. You know, Iggy over here sometimes, you know, takes things a little personal and just kind of, you know, podcast is good. Everything's set up. Just bottle it all up. Just bottle it all up. So keep it um, down. Keep it down. Let's move on to NCAA football right quick. What do you guys think about all these teams playing all these uh, so-called crappy teams and paying them to come? Whoa, whoa. You don't say that about coaches alma mater. That's my alma mater. Oh, Southeast oh, Missouri. my wife, too. She's upstairs, but hopefully she's watching Bachelorette or something. She can't hear me. <laughs> but I'm not just speaking upon that. I'm speaking about when I hit the internet today, there's a billion dollars in NCAA football that is being shipped to each university to pay for. What are they paying for? Scoreboards? That, you know, when Southeast comes in and, and Mizzou pays them $500,000 to come play them, that's great. But what do you guys think about the first two or three weeks of NCAA football, Pete? What's that money used for anyway? And, and I guess their program. I mean, yeah, facilities, facilities, yeah. And facilities. Things. Yeah. If they could, use, if they would use them in scholarships, maybe we wouldn't be having this problem. Well, maybe, or maybe paying the players. There you go. I don't know, mm-hmm. which I don't agree in. But yeah. Pete, what Thank do you, you think about that? They don't pay the players. I think it's going to come to a point Only where <laughs> if these non-power five schools, you know, want the recognition and the credit they deserve, they need to either. As a conference, you know, you know, strengthen up their schedule. What does a team like Mizzou get out of playing someone like Southeast Missouri? They don't get much. They'll, they'll their guys will get reps and they'll beat a team yeah. fifty to nothing or wherever it right. was. And then down the road, next even this weekend, they got South Carolina. How does a game like that? I mean, it's supposed to. You know, we're trying to get wins for bowl. Yeah, to be right. bowl that, That's it, right? That's all. That's all. That's it. Now, I mean, it seemed like the last couple of years these bowls aren't a big deal anymore, and no, whereas a lot of these cares. guys aren't even playing in them. I'd rather go They're, to Taco Bell and eat. Yeah. you know. But here's the thing that gets me. Look on the other side of it. Did you know that Alabama got paid four point five million dollars to play Duke at a neutral site? Hmm. That is Whoa. remarkably crazy. So you got four and a half million dollars going to Tuscaloosa. Because they were okay with taking Duke on their schedule and going to a neutral site for the people who own that site, the Peach Bowl or something where they put to get recognition for the Peach Bowl down the road, and they're paying them four point five million. Now Duke's going to get some ticket sales and things like that, but now you got That's the insane. powers of all be playing not Shashevsky playing whoever the hell the coach is at Duke yeah. for football. David for and that's what I saw today was like four point five million for Alabama. Just they need to do. They don't need more money. That'd be like giving more, you know. That'd be like us paying three grand for CBC to play us at home. You know, that's that's not gonna happen. That, so I, I just think it's it's weird how that's insane. it it's, works. It's and it's what we've talked about on the show before. This is a business. Yes. And when anytime these uh, corporate, you know, can get those spon- sponsorship dollars and their name out there to get their brand visible, they'll pay whatever it takes and that's they'll right. use these student athletes. As a reason yes. to make money. Like, I look at the yes. other side, too. Do you know the couple games that are good the first week? 
They always play at neutral sites. Mm-hmm. The Florida versus who they play earlier this year. Miami. Miami. Miami yeah. If you look at Oregon, that payout. Oregon. Oregon yeah. yeah. Oregon. Those payouts are huge, and they split them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we'll take our chances. We're yeah. going to be watched by everybody. Mm-hmm. We're going to go play at a neutral site. We're each going to get $2.5 yeah. Now, I'm not saying if any if anybody who owns a business or, you know, looking to donate like some Gibbon corporate. Sons could, yeah. If they want to sponsor <laughs> the turkey tip-off this year. For like I mean, 25 you know, grand, to, we can split it, maybe yeah, 100? Yeah, we'll sp- split it between both schools, and, you know, yeah. we can upgrade our facilities. See, for you listening, we have Gibbon Sons here willing to, <laughs> to pay all the um, fees. Um, <laughs> what about with, attendance yeah. at college games? You know, we always hear these people on these morning shows talking about how, you know, Mizzou can hold 80,000 or 75, but they only get 40 or 55. Um, and I think the biggest thing is the kids at the universities are not going to the game. I got a question for you, Lou. You're, you're two and a half, three years away from going to college. Um, Less than that. Is, now, you're different because you're a sports fiend. But why do you think kids who are 18, 19 years old going to college are not attending their university's football games? And if they are, they're going for a quarter. Where do you think they'd be going besides that? Uh, well, seriously, probably back to bed. Um, parties, their time. phone. Um, the last, Those last few listed are probably... So you think that some of the issue is... If, if the they're going back at, to bed, it's probably an 11 o'clock game. That's okay, why. and 11 o'clock games don't help. But what do you what do you guys who have been to college and you've done this for, what do you think the... Is there even a solution well, to the average SEC team trying to get 12,000 kids to a game? Is that... 10,000, if we're that. Going, we're going down to Missouri State this weekend for family weekend. Right. So I texted my daughter, hey, we're going to the football game. Well, I don't know. Everybody says they're not very good. I don't. Really, that's that's why no one goes. Really? So we're going to chalk it up to what really it comes down to it is you got to be worth a darn. Yeah. Maybe. That's a shame. And, and it's or like you're playing. Yeah. And I don't know what the Mizzou crowd was against SEMO, but, you know. I think they said paid attendance was 53,000, which is, hold, I think, pretty good. Well, let's say it holds 10,000 SEMO you know, people, probably. 70,000 people or whatever. I don't know what it is with the renovation. Now, just imagine if you got someone from another. What's not, it going to be this weekend? Yeah. Coming up. Yeah, but even like a non-conference, you know, someone from, you know, Big Ten, Big 12. Anybody you know, but Illinois. Like Nebraska. But, yeah, Nebraska. If no, that place would be Iowa. Slow. So I think it has mm-hmm. a lot to do with who you're playing. Like you, you talked about these 11 o'clock. You know, start time. And everyone out there needs to know the reason they play at eleven o'clock is that's the only time frame that's open for television. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 it stinks, but at the same time, you know, Pete, you're not going to pick me up seven o'clock in the morning with your Mizzou stuff on, and then pick up Gibby and Lou and stop by Casey's General General and head down for an eleven o'clock tip. No, I agree. You yeah. know, but I I don't know I. I think it's crazy. It'd be cool if they could have like a 50-50 raffle with like the kids <laughs> and they buy a ticket for like 50 bucks. Everyone in the stadium buys one or whatever and then a kid gets drawn with like a minute left in the game and they got one minute to race down to get the money and get if they don't get it, it's carryover. Yeah. You know? And it, I don't know. There's there's some crazy things that happen, but the world the kid that wins it's Fat Joe sitting, sitting with his shirt off in the bottom of the student section. And you know what? You could probably not have drawn it up any better. And then Fat Joe's buddy who's at home is just mad at Fat Joe, but he's totally fine with getting extra rest and checking his snappy chats and Instagram. That's probably the reason the reason why we are. So let's get off track here. You guys tell me, what are some of the great wing places around town for those out there getting wings? I'll start. I'm going to go uh, first pick, Tubby's Pub and Grub. If not, I'd probably get a little upset. They got those spicy garlic. They got the hot. Are you biased? Am I biased? No. I've ate, I've ate three million wings from there. I, I'm it's, you know, I think I'm going to call that question. You know who's the only person in St. Charles West history to have more wings than me there? I know. Uh, you can say it. I know. Gary Gary Strauss. Oh, Gary Strauss. Because I he's there for <laughs> rec games. Here's a real day. question. How many of those wings have you paid for? 
Me? I pay for everything there. <laughs> okay. I do. If I don't, I mean, that's just the way we roll there. I pay okay. for everything. But okay. I like, then I like Big, a, big A's down, that's what I was down say. on Maine. Um, uh, and I like Mattingly's. That's my that's my top three. What do you what do you got, Pete? Uh, I think my favorite is the Big A's Memphis Wings. Mm. Uh, Tell us about that. Uh, they're dry. Hey, have you ever had the Memphis Wings? I have not. They're really good. There's no sauce. They're dry, and they got a dry rub. Yeah, I don't know what the seasoning is on huh. it, but it's they're they're my favorite for sure. Nice. What Cul- else you got? Is that just where you're gonna stick to? Uh, no, I, I've had cold peppers before. It's good. I don't get out much and eat on the weekends. Uh, cold peppers wings are yeah. good. Cold peppers are good. I thought cyborgs were cyborgs. Cyborgs. If you're going good. for that mustardy sauce, I think I like cyborgs that. is yeah. good. Cyborgs was good. Now that it's yeah. got a little closer, so we got. Oh. The Mount Rushmore here, but yeah, and I also had uh, a couple weeks ago. I went down to Salt and Smoke and oh. had some of theirs, I mean, and they were, they were oh, pretty travel good. Travel team, did you pay for that? That's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> St. Louis Eagles down there. Uh, Iggy wings, Trailhead. Trailhead. I like their wings. I like yeah. the hot sauce on the side though. So they smoke and smoke their wings, and then they fry their wings. And then you get in there in that hot sauce. I just dip it in the hot sauce because the hot sauce mm. is like all over. Them just I love dip and get. You know, yeah. Lou, you said Mattingly's. Mattingly's. And that's about the only experience you've had? Yeah. You don't make your own wings at home? No. Nah. No Mr. Bueller? No. No. What about no. Gibby? Anything other questions? You know, I mean, you know, Fast Eddie's is... Ooh, now we're going... to chick on a stick. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong there. We're out of town. Yeah. <laughs> Iggy, pick me up. Go uh, I gotta play golf now. <laughs> so we're going to move on into the show where we talk a little bit about the local high, sport, uh, high school sports scene, and we're going to turn it over to Lou, and we'll chime in here. We're going to start talking about the Warriors football team, who's off to a fast start. Lou, tell us about it. 3-0 and through three weeks. Have Number they played f- anybody any good? Little Sisters of the Poor, week one. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, Coach Strauss, hope you're not listening. Yeah. Week two, they played some Rams. Hillsboro. Yeah, Hillsboro. And then week three, they played the Little Sisters of the Poor, Distant Cousin. <laughs> Jeez. Um, oh, yeah. Tough crowd. Oh, my God. Played St. Dominic week one, beat them 44-14. And it was a rainy first half. <laughs> first <laughs> offensive play of the game. First offensive play of the year for West is a uh, touchdown pass. Yeah, <laughs> In the is rain. the most odd in the rain. In the rain, yeah. In the rain. What do you think you're gonna do here, Coach? First game in the rain. <laughs> Run that wishbone? Nope. They're gonna chuck it down the field. I'll be darned. Yep. Just the pass straight up in the air. <laughs> and how we have, we got Zumal East the other night? Pretty good. Yeah, Zumal East was not good. Okay, so three they had about three. ten healthy guys in the second half. And who do we got next week? Winfield. Winfield on the road. What's your prediction of score there? I'll go. See, Winfield just beat a team 56 nothing. so I'll Whoa. go 56 nothing. Okay, so we're going to just reverse the score. Who'd they beat? 56 to nothing. Confluence. Really? We yeah. Used, we used to play them. Wow. Man, need to get them on my fantasy schedule or something. <laughs> um, so Don't want to play them in basketball. No, I, I, I would leave them out of the basketball conversation. So we talked about beating a, a St. Dominic team 44-14 in week one, and I believe St. Dominic came back the next week. Took care of Orchard Farm, 48-7. 48-7. So, transit of property there. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's going to be a ugly. Okay, yeah. We all Ooh, know that Mr. Vocal and you on that transitive property if you're talking about the Orchard Farm-St. <laughs> Charles West game later in the year. Um, we talked about Hillsboro. I thought the Hillsboro score was a little tighter. Hillsboro had two freshman running backs that were giving West trouble. Really? Like, Why were they giving them trouble? Their size, their speed, their toughness. Line was pretty good. Yeah, they're just finding holes. Okay, and, mm-hmm. and I noticed the other night that Big John and Big Steve are not playing defense. 
Yeah. So it's not. Have you talked? I mean, you're around the team. You do stats. Is that something to keep them healthy? They don't need them at this point because keep them healthy. Little sisters of the poor AB. Yeah, I mean, it's not too much of a concern. I (laughs) think. Do you think they'll ever play defense? Just being around the team later in the year. Um. Oh well. uh, I don't. I don't think it's too much of a concern. Um, I could see. Is there anybody on their schedule this year, Lou, that can give them a little bit of a test? Before obviously district play, maybe Westminster. Maybe Westminster. Maybe Cape. Okay. Cape is questionable. They 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 look like they've turned something around. Okay, what's the, what's Cape's record? I think one and two. Okay, but their wins against Normandy. So they're not sisters of the poor. They're but yeah, they got beat by Jackson, but it wasn't seventy well, nothing like last year. I would lose everything to Jackson. I think Jackson, Missouri. <laughs> what do you guys about the Buckos? Can you talk about the St. Charles High Pirates this past week? I know, Coach, you were there first half. Their first half, yeah. Yeah, saw them play the first week against Priory. Mm-hmm. Defense is is much improved. You know, it's kind of been the you know, the sore spot Got over it. the last seven eight years. But yeah, we start freshmen, two sophomores that are good athletes, and is this a culture change? Um, you know, or I is think, it just? A I think Coach Leonard, kids? you know, is 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 has got these guys in the weight room. I know they've been in the weight room a lot more than maybe some of the teams in the past, and that seems to be helping. But mm-hmm. yeah, football can be a lot of fun when you're physically superior to the other guys. So yeah, that's you know, just a the, different ball game. The guys on defense are enjoying that. It's um, like going to the. It's like, it's like going out at night, and you go into the bar, and there's like. You know, or a restaurant, and there's just good-looking people everywhere. You know, and you walk in, and you're just like, "Oh my God, I'm gonna lose tonight." You know, um, but you know, I know we've that. all been what there. You speak? Yes. White van coming home with Coach Hollander. You know, uh, but let's move in, Lou. To um, tell us a little bit about the um, local soccer scene and start off with St. Charles West. Oh, uh, okay. So West so far two and two this year. Beat Trinity in their first game, one nothing. Uh, Trinity supposed to be pretty good this year. Uh, it's a good win for West, pretty much. And that beat Warrington for uh last two games. They've played some pretty good teams. Orchard Farm, Pattonville, lost to both. Got freshman playing goalie on varsity, Ian Hollander. It's pretty, pretty good so far. Yeah, pretty good player. Going to be a pretty good basketball player. Got some size, probably mm-hmm. up there around 6'1", maybe-ish. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, who's, West. The, who's the best um, soccer team in the area? I have no idea this year about soccer. because Soccer, it's... Probably the Smith. Really? Yeah. What well, was it in? I guess class four or how many? There, there's are four. four classes in soccer. Yeah. So class Zumalt South. Zumalt South. They're the probably def- will repeat. Yeah, they're yeah. the What's going on team. out there with soccer. I guess I, I think a lot of those kids have just state played together last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think they have everybody back. So mm-hmm. you know, it surprises me with a school like that that's so close that then so close to say Dominic. Say yeah. Dominic's powerhouse. But, mm-hmm. you know, that Zumwalt South coach has got to work his tail off because you would think that's the closest public school on one of right them. Yeah. You know, so Hall doing a great Central's job. right next to Hall Central's pretty good. So good. that's also, uh, I think those two schools probably compete a little bit more for soccer players than people would think. Yep, tell us about volleyball. All right, well, I announced it, so. I know, we, I heard you did a we great need job. To, we need more people to listen to us all. Just check out Warrior Warriors. Vision. Always the voice of the Warriors, but the first five minutes of the first game, I couldn't even hear it yet because of technical difficulties. What did yeah. you do? Did you, um, did you not hit the all I have, no, I have no comment. Okay, good. And tell us about the Warriors so far, and tell us about some <laughs> good teams around the area. Uh, so, Warriors are 1-5 this year, but they, it's... The record does not show how they've played so far this so year. So it's a good 1-5. in five. It's a 1-5 in five that... Yeah, I guess you could say that. Only wins against Duchenne. They played in the West Volleyball Tournament. And, yeah. Um, first match they played Zumalt North. And the third set score is 32-30. 32-30. Don't they only play to, like, 10? 20, 25? 25. 
And, um, <laughs> yeah, so one and five, and it, it's stuff starting to stack up against them. They got injury injured, recently. Injuries. Yeah, the top setter, Junior C.C. Henderson, out now with a broken thumb, which is a big loss for them. Ah. They got that. Center's like kind of, it's kind of like losing your point guard for three or four weeks. Yeah, that's... That, luckily, I, their conference isn't strong enough where I think it's going to affect them with their results. Right. But it's just it's a tough loss. And they, I just found out today about their next tournament they played, St. Charles High Tournament, which is on homecoming, play two top five teams in their pool play. Whoa, who's that? Hickman and Ozark. I thought you were going to oh, wow. try to throw in Incarnate Words somehow. No. Who the hell is Ozark? Um, Isn't that a Netflix show? I think. I don't know. <laughs> um, They're new to the tournament this year. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Um, some teams around the area would be good. Lafayette is always. They're always good. They always have. They, it seems like they have 100 volleyball clubs out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Incarnate is pretty good. They're in that sectional group of. They're the quarterfinal group of death. Like them, Borgia, Viz. It. Whoever's in our district, that so Lutheran or Dominic, that's mm. that's just yeah, it's tough. That class three, um, St. Joe's a little bit down from what they used to be in the past when they had Gabby Blossom, who's we've had her dad on the podcast, yeah, absolutely. And Borgia, really good. Um, Borgia the typical schools, yeah. Borgia has the out of all their non-conference and non-tournament match. Uh, so out of the only non-conference matches. Those matches they play have all been best of five sets. Next year, everybody's playing best of five sets for varsity. Yeah, January 30 race going to be late really? night. Best of best five of to 25. Five. Wow. Man. I don't know if I could announce that next year. Ooh, I'd run out of breath. I need Ooh. to go to... And need, some teams have the option to play best of five this year. Schools have the option to play best of five this year. you got to let them know 10 days in yeah, advance. Yeah, the schools have to agree on it 10 days in advance. Oh, so, oh man. That's a lot of volleyball. A lot of volleyball. And Borgia, yeah, they've played Lafayette, Eureka, Incarnate, and all of them have been best of. They've played under best of five. Now I think they've been four sets, but I haven't seen one best of five. But that's a lot. Best mm-hmm. of five. Yeah. yeah. Off the chain here a little bit. Lutheran St. Charles football. Are they any good? Yes. And yes. they beat O'Fallon Christian pretty bad the other night. They're in St. Charles West District. The real deal? Yes or no? Not yet because they're sophomores or. <laughs> Everything I've heard, I haven't seen them play, but it sounds like they're the real deal. Yeah, that's what yeah. I see. I mean, if they're not the real deal I this year, then next year I know they got, um, you know, a young man at quarterback who's who's long and and can really yeah. chuck it a little bit. A couple of them, don't um, yeah. The coffee kid's one of them who's a who's a sophomore, um, and then Arlen Harris, who's a sophomore, the coach's son, who's ran for I think almost four or five hundred yards already in in two or three games. Kind of off topic, but I wanted to throw that local school out there that's coming on, and you know, St. Charles West is in that that district, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, fun, fun to. to I think you can expect those two teams in the district championship. I hope so. I hope so down the road. So let's talk about some some more football real quick. Um, Duchenne High School around town. They are started off, I believe, three and zero. Have you know some? Key- Sorry, I I want to go on a quick rant. Oh, here, you got it, buddy. Duchenne. Okay. They've given up thirteen points. They're three and zero. I am sorry, Duchenne. You have not played anybody. You have <laughs> played Wright City, Clopton, and St. Charles High. So they you have Luth- not played anybody. They get Lutheran St. Charles soon, right? Yeah, play some real competition and then talk about how many points you've given up. Woo! So that, that means that the next three or four weeks they're going to have to show because they do play some some pretty good teams. Who are the who are the teams and the other teams in the area that are three and that we should keep an eye on that are maybe the bigger schools around? CBC and the Smet both three and and they're no playing way. on uh, ESPNU Friday night. ESPNU this Friday. Yep, this Friday. O'clock. Where's wow. the game at? CBC. Ooh, that'll be no electric. tickets available. Sold out in twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. Iggy, you going? 
there. You're there. Yeah, I knew Iggy's big football. He'll be on the camera for. I'm gonna. Yep. Do you think cars will be pulled over on the side of Highway 40? Oh man, just watching from the. I think I would. You know, maybe get some cold peppers. What's your score there? I'm gonna say the Smet wins. The Smet wins. The Smet will win 35. 31. 35-31. Wow. Interesting game, score. Game of the century. Over, in, over under 65 and a half. <laughs> it there. Um, I'm taking you over. Talk a little bit about some local schools. Zumwalt North. Um, kind Zumwalt of North 3-0 without a uh, without a, like, a really good quarterback. The, the kid that's playing quarterback right now hasn't played the position since in, fifth grade. I think, in my opinion, a really impressive program around town. Mm-hmm. You know, the green machine out there at Zumwalt North's yeah. football. It, if bacon. I can... If I can maybe think, but I think they've been kind of off off the charts here for maybe maybe now we're going on eight or ten years. Yeah, and I think Zumalt North is just going to continue to, and I think a lot of their sports is. You're looking at Zumalt West, Zumalt South, Zumalt East. Those are all landlocked schools yeah. now. You know why and that Zumalt, is that they're good because they have feeder programs that feed directly yeah. into their Well, high they school. do, and they got the land out there to build housing. And they're and that and my buddy lives out that way, and he says there's talks about building more and more houses out that way. Yep. So I think eventually it's going to go back to where they're going to be the biggest Zumalt, and I don't know how yeah. far away they are now. And if you looked now, at their but, basketball team, their boys' basketball team this summer was, in my opinion, one of the top three or four teams I saw. Had a couple transfers in. Um, obviously, Coach you know Coach Calvin Lee's son is being recruited by Division One schools now, I've seen. And um, these two transfers they got in uh, from the city are pretty good players. Really? And, and I think that that might take them to a team that could maybe beat Zumalt South and the boys this year. A couple other good teams around town got Ladue and MICDS in the same district. Played each other in the state championship last year. Now they're in the same district. With St. Charles High. With St. Charles High, of course. Yes. Since I think not. And then St. Charles West, obviously homeschool 3-0. and um, And then tell us a little bit about one other school. You Cardinal think Ritter 3-0. Okay. Uh, the, all the big talk about Trinity, Cardinal Ritter, Luther North. Well, Cardinal Ritter's beaten Luther North so far, so I'd say they're the premier school right now. And they're just... They're going to be tough to beat in class two now. They're in the same district as Luther North, Ooh. and Luther North could get the two kids back, Antonio Doyle and Travion Ford. Which, what's your take on Travion Ford situation? Um, you know, I, it, it's a very interesting deal as far as any time I think you go from, in his case, private to private. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that just for the state makes it very hard. I, I, don't, I don't really care about the background of the family and what's going on. There's a reason why the kid obviously went to a new school. And what I think about it is the school that he left, Lutheran St. Charles, correct, mm-hmm. is a team that's up and coming and he's a correct junior. Mm-hmm. So he'd have been a part of this mix. So I feel like there maybe is a, a good reason for him to leave. But I think for the state, the private-private thing is awfully awfully tricky to handle. Um, in my mind, I want the kids to play. Um and I hope that he gets a chance to play, um, and we'll see. But I think that that really changes I don't, them as a ball. I club. think a lot of people get a a perspective when like, a lot of people say, "No, you can't go private to private and play." Usually, with those kids, it's it's got to be case to case by Misha. Uh-huh. The, I, and it's good by Misha. They listen to everybody's story and, and they mm-hmm. do what they can. Tommy Edmund up the middle. Oh, got a guy on here as we wrap up the show tonight. <laughs> hey, just real quick before we wrap. 
Blues just scored preseason Blues. game. It's one hey. nothing. Costin with the goal. Oh my god! I know I, it's our first preseason game, but oh. here we go. I don't know if I can do this again. This put twenty pounds on me, and probably took ten years off my life in early June. It was June. worth it. Oh my god, it was fantastic. Lou is the biggest fan, but Gibby, thanks for coming tonight. My uh, pleasure. Great Thank as you. Always. Um, Pete, thanks for joining us again tonight. A big part of our show. Lou, some great insight on local sports tonight. Gave your opinion tonight. I like it. Um, from all of us, thanks for everything that St. Charles does for all of us. Absolutely. Um, and for those that listen, tell others about it. Um, other than that, one year anniversary down, and we'll see you probably in a couple, two or three weeks again with the Chuck in. Lou. And peace.